biggest, most impactful goal or lessons of 2020? 2020 was an interesting year. I imagine that every every generation says that it's an interesting time to be alive and it feels as true now as as ever. Yeah. COVID year was weird. Weird explains it pretty well. Weird for everyone. I mean... Oh, yeah. Oh, it was definitely... I mean, I'm not super old, you know, being closer to 40. Uh, I've lived through the Y2K turn of the century. Uh, 2012, that was supposed to be the end of everything. (laughs) Nothing happened, went and left. Uh, This feels a little bit different, I would say. I don't know. No? I think... Yes, and the part that feels different is the way that we've changed our communication. Very true. Even what, 2012? It was just, you know, Facebook and yeah. that was just kind of... Yeah, Facebook was like, what, four years old? Yeah, I don't think we had Instagram yet. Maybe Twitter was brand newish. Maybe, yeah. It was all going through growing pains then. Yeah. Everybody was still like only posting pictures of their cat and their family. It's the only reason why I had a cat. Yeah. <laughs> just for social media. Yeah. When it all started, it was great stuff. It was all for, um, you know, connecting with family, connecting with friends, like expanding your social network yeah. in college. And then it changed. Or rather, we changed it. Yeah. That was, that was uh, yeah. Just evolved with, with what people were expecting it should evolve to. Yeah. From a fitness perspective, I would say one of the greatest lessons, um, the one of the, the one of the greatest things I took away from 2020 on a global scale is that time or money is not the problem for most people. Yeah, that was very, very, I mean, we, at least, especially in the very beginning, it was, now we have this un, almost unlimited amount of time mm-hmm. to do the things that we said we had no time to do. Yeah, I mean, everyone could have worked out at home. Um, you got to cook your own meals. You had this huge opportunity to reclaim your fitness in 2020. And most people ended the year in worse shape. I get it. There was a lot of stress. Like, it was different. There was distancing. There was... Uh, like human beings are social creatures, right? We didn't get to see people in the way that we did before. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And you still had a tremendous opportunity as far as time. What most people, what I noticed, or what I imagine, I guess, most people did was ran through Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Yeah. I saw so it was like, I don't remember what, like uh, maybe September, October-ish. I finished Netflix. What's next? People asking for recommendations on what yeah. next to binge. And that was already freaking six months in. Yeah, I will say that it was uh, it, it was a difficult trap not to fall into, even with the best intentions. It's like, okay, now what do I do? And those things are very appealing. Yeah. Very attractive. Uh, much easier than going out for a walk. Yeah. Much easier than starting or you know, an exercise routine. Sure. So that's the biggest part is just the convenience play. That it's just very convenient just to sit on my couch and 
I can mindlessly scroll Facebook while watching Netflix instead of doing something productive that may help me in the next week or month or move me closer to things that I would like to do. Yeah, I don't know if convenience is the right word for that. I think of convenience and that's like driving down and seeing fast food, right? Or it's easily accessible. Yeah, it is, but it seems like it was more comfortable, more easy rather than just convenience. Convenience is like a cop out to that, right? That's just kind of the convenient way. Well, it was also convenient for you to get on the floor and do 20 push-ups, but you didn't do that. That's just as convenient. True. It's just easier. People were dealing with stress that they hadn't built the mechanisms to overcome. Things changed for almost everybody, right? Kids were now, um, they and some of them still are, kids are now at home all day. You're back. Uh, now you have the responsibility rather for educating them. I know daycares and stuff closed down for a grip of time. And um, relationships, people had to spend time with each other again. And a lot of, not a, maybe not a lot, but some people, um, you know, have been with their spouse or significant other for 10, 15, 20 years. And they're in such a routine of go to work, come home, fuck around on a phone for a couple hours, watch a TV together, eat a meal. We don't really talk all that much and go to bed and just repeat that cycle day over day on the weekends. Each person has their own thing, mm-hmm. right? That they typically do. The husband's going to go spend time with the boys. The girl's going to uh, spend time with the girls and you didn't have that. You didn't have anything to escape to. No, yeah, you were forced. <laughs> yeah. You were forced to have some conversations that maybe, I don't know, you were avoiding or needed to have. I mean, I think you could have gone one of two ways. You could have grown closer together or farther apart during this situation. There, I don't know what the number was, but there was a significant, a significant amount, rather, of divorce through the lockdown. I know that... Domestic abuse went way up. Yeah. Along with, you know, drugs and alcohol and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, it's, it was, uh, it was, it was difficult, you know, being a husband and, you know, dealing with a somewhat teenage child. Yeah. Uh, for 10, 12 hours either day, it was, uh, you definitely had to figure it out. I think the worst part was, at least for us, is never, like, knowing when it was going to stop it was always okay we're going to stop now oh wait we're going to push out another couple weeks yeah oh we're going to push it out another couple weeks yeah you almost got into this like vacation mindset where okay once we get off vacation we're going to start doing this yeah yeah that's that plays very deeply into like human beings needs right for certainty Hmm. we're certainty seeking creatures and i had my own theories about all of that as it was playing out right like Imagine the initial backlash that all of these systems would have gotten if on day one, they're like, we're shutting everything down for four months or six months. People would have been riding in the streets. Yeah. This way, it just took them three months to get there. They just pushed off the inevitable. I think it made a lot of people, a lot of people, um, you know, rose that kind of distrust and all of those things. I mean, it, it builds that distress over time. I think if they came out and said that for, you know, they might have been riots in the beginning, but like, okay, we've got four months. I I completely agree. I think it was mishandled. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think one of the biggest things for me over this last year is um, just the lack of preparation that I had. I was living very much day to day, week to week, mm. even though I thought that I was planning a lot of things. I realize that my financial situation is not nearly as solidified as I would like it to be. Um, I wasn't doing the things that would prepare me for a disaster. You know, I never had any backup water or apparently toilet paper. Toilet paper, no hand sanitizer. I never had these skills that I could go out, you know, if the world shut down tomorrow. Mm. I would never even have thought of, like, what am I going to do about food? What am I going to do about shelter? Are you a prepper now? Uh, no, no, no. I, I, you know, I tried to be a prepper. We built, we like first month we built a, a greenhouse and was going to start planting things. And the very next day after we planted all of these vegetables and whatever, you know, we got the winds and it blew my greenhouse apart. We thought we, well, that was a sign, you know, we're just going to yeah. buy a bunch of granola, put it down. <laughs> we don't need fresh vegetables. Things. There's no canning. No. Yeah. No, I'm not a prepper, but I mean, it, it definitely puts that type of stuff in my mind now mm. to not be just oblivious to things that could happen. Yeah. It seemed like there's there's this shift, right, in the mo- in recent decades of the immediacy thing. From the fitness perspective, I want, I had somebody say this to me, and it was a tongue-in-cheek, it was a joke, but I want abs now. Like I want, I want cut arms, but I want them right now. Like I know that she's, she goes, I know that that's unreasonable, yeah. but I want, I, and that, that everybody's always kind of had that, right? Like we like, yes, I want results now. And it seems to have intensified over the, over the last handful of years where it's living for right now or only thinking about right now rather than. Look at fitness, right? Yeah. How do I want to feel when I'm 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old? Versus how do I want to feel right now? Yeah. And this is where you see people, you know, uh, smashing themselves or grinding themselves into pace and having that mindset that I have to finish every single day on the floor in a a heap, Mm. like breathing heavy or in that metabolic pain. Yeah, they don't. They don't have this idea of that long, low, steady progress. Is ah, I need to lose twenty pounds yesterday, so I'm going to fast. Yeah. Or uh, if Starting I take a, a day, calories, yeah, yeah. If I take a day and do like an active recovery day, oh, losing my gains. Yeah, or right. God forbid, I take the whole day off. Yeah. I heard somebody was talking in class today, and it made me think of a really good. Um, like the question was, where am I supposed to? Where should I be feeling this? Right? And that particular exercise, abandoned hip distraction, you're not meant to like feel it in a traditional sense anywhere. Right? The purpose of that exercise is that it's applying pressure backwards on your femur, which helps realignment or get it back into alignment in the hip socket. You're not going to get any real big physical sensation out of it. But how most people approach exercises, I need to feel it. And some days, yes, you do. Every single day, though, Maybe not. Do you think that might have a, some people's like 
understanding of what kind of fitness is in comparison to like that toxic exercise dependency? Yeah, and yes, for sure. For some people, for some other people, it might have something to do with, uh, you know, the common information that's perpetuated on platforms, Instagram, you know, all of those things. And the type of person who's drawn to, um, you know, like inherently drawn to fitness likes, they're a little masochist. Yeah. They're, they like the pain a little bit. They like we the get, we get We get a certain person that comes to the group fitness kind of style. Yeah. I think, well, you can see that like power lifters, bodybuilders, like everybody has that kind of like thing inside them that they like to feel that uh, it releases the dopamine. It makes me feel good. You get the serotonin, you get all the feel good stuff in your brain, but we also kind of like to feel like we did some damage. Yeah. And I don't, I don't believe that's the right mindset. <laughs> I used to, yeah, I used to get like, when I would do like heavy deadlift and you know, the world just went, and I was dizzy and I was just black out, out black out feel. I felt, that felt amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I did something. Um, so I totally get it. Or that I can't breathe and I want to cry at the end of a workout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like a bad, like, you know, old school CrossFit. And I say old school and it's not really all that old school. Like old school CrossFit would be 2008 to 2012. Mm -hmm. That's real OG stuff. But I'm thinking more when I started in, it was 2014, 2015. And this was the peak of the sport of fitness. Mm -hmm. This was when Rich Froning was, be, you know, he was on the cover of Men's Health or Men's Fitness rather. And it was it was becoming a thing. Yeah. Like people started to know what CrossFit meant and. Like competitive fitness. Yes. And CrossFit meant competitive fitness. It meant intensity. It meant going hard. It meant bleeding hands on Instagram. It meant uh, pile, you're a go faster, lift heavier, be in a pile and a heap on the floor. I had someone come in today who hadn't done um, any exercise in three years because she was doing CrossFit before, not with us, but with another gym. Um, and she had just recovered from like a shoulder surgery and she just went back to doing everything that she was doing before. Jerks, wall balls, overhead movements. I tested her today in shoulder flexion and she's like, here. <laughs> I was like, well, it's, we're not going to be having you press anything overhead. Yeah. And it, um, you know, abduction, it was cr abduction. One side was perfect. The other side was like this. I'm like, okay, well, hanging from a bar is also not going <laughs> yeah. to be the thing for you. Mm. But oh. I can imagine she was going back doing pull-ups, jump, like ring, all of that stuff, kipping, all of those things, because that was it. We were... Yeah in that and it wasn't it was that go back it went back to short-term focus rather than like long-term is this the best thing to be doing i don't know i think that was that's actually been a pretty big revelation for me this year is changing my tone like totally completely changing what fitness is for me mm. it used to be work through injuries you know, hurt my knee on a Monday, squat heavy on a Friday. Uh, it doesn't matter. I just work around it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, there have been plenty of times where I'd be limping into the gym, but it's, it's squat day, so I just gonna you know push through. So it's programmed. It felt 
gonna make it feel better, I promise. Yeah. Um, but you know, as I get a little older, as my kids get a little bit older and I need to be able to do certain things rather than just lift a barbell. Mm-hmm. You know, the intention behind my exercise has totally changed. I need to do a little bit more cardiovascular stuff. I need to be able to play tag. I need to be able to go to the jungle gym and hang from a bar and, you know, do chicken fights in the pool and yeah. climb trees and all of that, that good stuff. And that's been a very difficult journey for me. Mm-hmm. Very difficult. You, pl- you played sports when you were younger too, yeah? yes? Yep. And so did you. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, this, mine was the same thing. Yeah. Like the biggest thing that I learned from 2020 from like a very personal fitness level is just that fitness is, it's dependent on the individual, mm. but I fully imagine that it also changes during your life. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So very instant. I mean, I started CrossFit the same time you did, Cody, you know, like right at that, that beginning of time. I remember my very first workout. Um, I want to say it was Nancy, never over ever squatted my life. I mm. did it with my college, with a, a college soccer coach. We did it in our college weight room, totally smoked myself, never done this before. Mm-hmm. And I was in it. Yeah. And then that lasted until, you know, like December when my daughter was born. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, like my back hurts and now I can't pick her up off the floor. Mm. Like something really has to change here. So this may have been the most fun year I've had training because it was just fun. It was just doing things, not because it was programmed or even if it was programmed, like that's not going to feel good on my back. Like I'm going to pick something different and just enjoying the process again. Yeah. It wasn't doing things to hurt Yeah, or to feel that hurt. Yeah. Um, I, I had a great conversation with a member the other day in class and we were talking about um, doing burpees or workouts that, that you, that hurt. Cause my name was like, I can't do burpees fast anymore. I mean, I can, but like, there's just this little thing in my head that says, don't go any faster because you know exactly how bad this feels at the end. Yeah. And there's just that little switch that is hard for me to flip now to enter the pain cave mm. on willingly on a daily basis. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an important distinction right there. I imagine from a phys- a physiological and a psychological perspective, there is value in very occasionally finding where is that line? Mm-hmm. Where are, where am I, how, how do I get to the very edges of my zone, mm-hmm. right? Knowing where that is within yourself. Mm-hmm. The distinction you made there was an everyday thing where there was a period of time where for, I'm imagining for all of us and for the people that we worked with, we were preaching all of the time, like mm-hmm. every day, every day, every day. It was, it was, that was the, that was the purpose of the Metcon. Yeah. was to get after it, leave. Or if you, if you were still standing when the workout was over, you didn't go hard enough yeah. kind of a thing. And it was always, well, we're, we're building fortitude, you know, we're, we're going through, we're hitting this really, really hard. So mm-hmm. you could find that spot where you hit the limit and you're going to, okay, now I'm going to push past that. Yeah. And that was every single day. Right. And that's not how you do yeah, it. No. It was a misunderstanding of the um, appropriate way to cultivate mm. something like that. That's been that fitness piece, right? So when 
um, when I went on my walkabout out west, put together that definition of fitness. And I revisited that just this week. And the definition I came up with fitness is an individual's mental, mental, physical, and emotional ability to confront, combat, adapt to, and overcome adversity while identifying and capitalizing on opportunities presented by life throughout existence. That sounds nothing like what I, how I would have defined fitness before. The no. fitness, fitness before was defined as being able to move large loads long distances. Cool. That's the CrossFit definition of fitness anyway. Yeah. Right? And then health is large loads long distances over a lifetime. Cool. And for some people, that's going to work really, really well. For us, for me, for this thing, that feels more accurate. Yeah. Mm. It's funny how uh, just just in I would say just in the last year, it's not saying that this prompted us to expedite our change, but just the the focus and how we've evolved, um, mainly because that's where our direction was going. Yeah. But it just seems like this year has triggered that point where okay, we're just going to go all in on this. Yeah. This is just the way we're going to go. We're not going to slow play this. We're just going to. This is what we believe fitness just ripping the bandaid off. Yeah, this it. is this is what it should be. This is and feel it feels better. And I've had so many conversations with people who are like, I love what we're doing right now. I feel better on a regular basis. Um, I'm not hurt. I'm not in pain. Everything's super fun. I get to go home and do cool things with my kids. And that's you know something that's happened super recent. So. I don't, um, I knock on wood with this, but since we have been back in the gym since, uh, October 5th, mm-hmm. that's when we came back in. So four months, three months since we've been back inside, I have not had one person come up to me and say, you know, my shoulder hurts and it's been hurting all week long or my knee hurts we're catching those things on the front end now when they're coming in and if we're doing individual programming for somebody we're having those conversations proactively how you feeling today how you feeling this week we're not reactive anymore that's what i feel like a lot of that group fitness becomes is more of a reactive state and in that case of the the lady who stopped training three three years ago they just don't do anything it's like oh wall balls hurt your shoulders well, I'll just shoot to a lower target. Yeah. Pressing overhead, just l- go lighter. There's no, there's no like, okay, let's fix this. There's no restriction no or diagnostic or assessment or anything to mm-hmm. figure out how we can, because we want to, I want to do a wall ball. Yeah. It's not, okay, I'm going to throw it to a lower target or I'm just going to do a thruster. It's, this is what I want to do. How do we get there? Right. That was another big revelation of 2020 is that not everybody more people enjoy things that are specific for them not everybody should be walking the same path yeah so you know history of fortitude we've done all different kind of on-ramp processes you know we've had a group on-ramp where everybody who started in the month of December 
would then go through foundations, what we called foundations in January. We do three classes a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they just do it. And they'd end up with 12 foundational sessions. Um, that was okay, yeah. but it wasn't specific. It was like, oh, hey, you have, you have five years of experience. You have um, none. We're all just going to do 12. And then it was, okay, everybody's going to do three. No, everybody's going to do five. No, nobody's going to do any. We're just going to throw them into group class. And uh, we'll just, oh, we're so good. I think that was part of yeah. like the hubris, right? Yeah. The pride comes before the fall bullshit. We're, just, we're so good at coaching that we can, you know, have somebody who's never lifted a barbell before come in on snatch day. Yes. I mean, that's a lot of ego back there, but I mean, it's hard when somebody has no, it takes, takes away from everybody else in the class. Well, and you can't, I, they're not having a good time. Yeah. That's not an enjoyable experience for somebody who's they're, brand new. They're sitting there going, why can't I get this? Yeah. Or I'm just not very good at this. Yeah. Yeah. Or worst case scenario is they try to do something like a snatch and it ends up, you know, they hurt their shoulder or they, they wake up the next morning and their shoulder hurts and it's just, it's, it's a bad experience for them. And then that cultivates a belief that, well, it just helps them reaffirm, right? It's another one of those, well, I guess this whole fitness thing just isn't for me. Yeah. That is a, a very common common belief for a lot of people that we, we work with or have seen. It's just not for me. I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. From the fitness standpoint, there were some really good lessons in 2020. Um, I think from the personal standpoint, the biggest lesson that I took from it was take better care of yourself. So, you know, we've been around since 2015-ish, and I've always been more of a slave to the business kind of a thing, martyrdom, right? Like, if you're the owner, you should be in there all the time. You should be working, you should be coaching as much as you can, as many classes, like, there shouldn't be an hour when you're not there. And I lived that for a long time. And it was okay, but what would happen is I would hit it real hard, for six months to three, or six weeks rather, to three weeks. And then I would burn out for two weeks to four weeks. And I just wouldn't come in. And I could barely get my ass out of bed. And I was just psychologically, physically, mentally exhausted. I'd get sick, all of that stuff would happen. And I see people doing that as well. The people who like are clients doing the same thing, right? They. Uh, they try to do that with fitness or, you know, they're getting up at 5 a.m. to come in and work out when they didn't go to bed till midnight. And we're able to have better conversations now than we've ever had about yeah. that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, here's the hierarchy of importance. If you didn't get any sleep last night, I don't want you to come in at 5 a.m. It's not going to serve you long term. It's the immediate thing. And that's all. That was my play is. All right, what can I do to immediately move the needle right now? And I wasn't playing like, where does this need to be in 10 years? And where do I need to be in respect to that? Yeah. So more like, okay, I'm going to, you just get more done when you shorten your window. This is how like, um, yeah, intermittent fasting is so appealing to some people 
right? They're like, I'm gonna shorten my eating window to 18 hours or rather to six hours. So I'm not gonna eat for 18 hours, I'm gonna eat for six. And in those six hours, you know, there are some flosses that you can have whatever you want. You can eat whatever you want, just as long as you eat it in that six hour period, or you can eat all three of your meals in that six hour period. And people after, you know, the period of adaptation, they start, well, I feel fine. I'm actually improving body composition where I'm not hungry throughout the day, that sort of stuff. I get more done in less time. Yeah. And they're like, my mornings are better because I don't wake up thinking about food and I'm not waiting for when the next meal is, that sort of stuff. That's how it feels with like, okay, it's going to be from this time to this time that we're work. We're doing work. It's scheduling. I was a terrible scheduler before and that is a piece of self-care you need to build those because now like people are working from home now and more people are experiencing what it's like to own your own business or get a similar experience because you don't get to turn that shit off now everybody most people are dealing with the same thing from home right their work is always just there and they're, they were really struggling with it because they can't shut it off. Yeah. You know, it's hard. I mean, there's, oh, I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. Even if you work a nine to five shift work, or whatever, there's always more that can be done. Yeah. Whether it's with the job that you're doing or furthering your, you know, your stake in life or learning something new, there's always something that you can do. I think for me, developing that balance over the last year has been a big like really hard transition because mm. I would always want to do you know whatever and just keep on going and bring my work home and do this and do that and it was just it took my daughter saying well you're always doing this and you're always doing that like, let's just go play so that was that was hard because we were working at home the whole time. And I feel like yeah, we were working just there's no boundaries. Much, right? Yeah, there's no boundaries. Um, one other big thing that I learned over this year is patience. Mm. Um, with fitness, with anything, you look at people's highlight reels on like Instagram or Facebook, and you're like, I want to be there right now. What you don't realize is that little snapshot that you see is 10 years in the making. Yeah. You know, they've got 100,000 followers, 200,000 followers, but that took them 10 years to get there, 12 yeah. years to get there. And patience with fitness, oh man, linear progression, it was like five pounds every single day. Every every time that I would go lift, it was, you need to add more. And sometimes it was, you just get relaxed. And, well, it just makes sense, right? That things take time. Think about it, if you want to change the way your body looks, feels, and performs, what's going to be more beneficial? If you come in and do something for 30 minutes to an hour, seven days a week, or if you do seven hours in one day and do nothing the other six days? The answer is always consistency over time. Yeah. Biggest thing too, that's, I mean, for that, that concept there, when it comes to nutrition, oh yeah, has been a, a big, big thing for me this year. Usually it was, all right, I'm gonna crash for 30 days, get down to where I want, look great for a couple of months, and then for some reason or other, I just stopped doing it, and then mm -hmm. gained 20, 30 pounds back. Because you're psychologically burnt out. Like, 
and it's it's a short-term goal right it's doing this for this amount of time to get to this thing what's the next thing yeah there was never for me as well there was never a next thing it was always just get here get here as fast as you can yeah. and then yeah i'll maintain it yeah sure i'll maintain. I've, I've always said that or i'll start powerlifting again and I, I i just was talking this to myself the other day about how I think I'm powerlifting as an excuse to eat like an asshole. That's funny. That's the only reason why I want to lift heavy and not do cardio. That is funny. So that way I can justify eating as much as I possibly want. And do it for the gains. Yeah. And that's what I would, I would literally be going through my mind going, <laughs> I haven't eaten in three hours. So I'm going to get weaker. You know, I've got I'm this. Get a <laughs> it's not, I laugh, but I mean, that's, I mean, that has been, that is a, a something that goes through my mind when I'm trying to achieve X number or so much on my deadlift or so much on my squat. I'm like, oh, if anytime my stomach starts to rumble, I need to eat. Yeah. I need to eat right now. Mm-hmm. I put gas in the tank. Yeah. That's been, uh, it's been hard. It's been a hard transition. The whole, I've been getting really into eating like when I'm hungry and trying to recognize like hunger cues and understand like waking, not having to wake up and go straight into breakfast or it's been three hours. I'm going to, I need to eat whatever. So it's been, it's been kind of cool to work with people through that as well. That intuitive type of uh, eating strategy. Yeah. I'd say one of the outside of like self care, you know, and balance. I mean, those are all, big things for, for me that biggest one was growth and i think this one i mean like physically mentally like spiritually everything like that in all aspects of the word was the hardest thing for me to work through mm. i mean grant i'm but the youngest one here i mean like i said i turned 28 in a week so i don't like i just had my first daughter like a year ago so i mean i'm still very much in like this infancy stage and like i'm getting to grow through all of this and it is like a culture shock this last year was very very weird Mm. i mean like i said we we went not only did i have my first daughter so i went like that changed everything prior to it i was very much along the lines of well cool i'm just i'm gonna do this whole fitness thing like i'm gonna be an influencer like i'm gonna try to get paid to work out like i'm gonna do all these things i'm gonna do it with adult with a child because i've seen it done like i can do this Mm -hmm. Two weeks in, I was like, that's not a chance. Like, there's no way this is going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, eating was, I think I've been the, this is the most consistent I've ever been with eating prior to. Just the longest time, it was the same thing. I ate chicken breast, rice, and broccoli. Three meals a day. It's the only thing I ate. This is just what I eat. I don't think I've eaten chicken breast and, and, uh, and rice for a while. So, I mean... Like just the physical, <laughs> the <laughs> physical growth of the word, yeah. Just all around this this past year was very scary, um, but in a in a good way. There were very few, there were points in time where it was like these deep conversations that I had to have with myself, and to grow through it was challenging. And but it I, should be, but I wouldn't have wanted it. Like any other way. Yeah, that's that's great. It should be. It shouldn't be. It should not be for people easy. 
what about what about you makes you think that life should be easy yeah it can be yeah it can be there's things that you can do you can increase you know you can you can you can do the things to make your life better but that's not the same thing as my life should be easy or change should be easy and i think a lot of people got slapped in the face with difficulty in 2020 and found out a lot about themselves and i'm a, and i'm imagining that most people found out um, that they weren't the person they thought that they were i did i mean i got dark like everybody else did in 2020 oh, it was many times you know you sit there and you're like i don't know for me like three hours into netflix going i really should be doing something and then you just start thinking about all the things and you just get into this like really deep state of yeah 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 just all the existential stuff like the things that are outside of my you know you just get worried about these things and just you know when it all popped off when the pandemic nonsense popped off no one knew what it was going to be you know a lot of people myself included thought that we were going to lose you know a a percentage of the population people were going to start dying like this was going to be the spanish flu this was going to be and it just it it just so happens that it wasn't wasn't anybody's um directive or fault it just didn't turn out to be as deadly not that it wasn't deadly it just didn't turn out to be as bad as they thought it was but the things that came along with it turned out to be more impactful mm-hmm. than anyone imagined. The time alone, the having to change all of these structured habits and schedules that people had built. And a lot of people would have benefited from myself included. And I did eventually looking in the mirror and being like, okay, it's you, you got to figure this out. What are you going to do today? That's why we did the goals, the goal board out there. It's for Q1. We didn't do what's your goal for 2021. What's the goal today? What's the goal for Q1? Cool. We got the next three months. Now we can do the thing next month. Mm -hmm. That tells us we're successful, successful rather. We can do the thing uh, Mm -hmm. this week to move us there. Yeah, there definitely has been a, a lot of, I don't think that I, I don't think I've gone through a whole, a year where I've done as much reflecting, changing, really deep, deep thought about who I was as a person, what I wanted in life, what I wanted for my family that I have this year. And it's been scary. It has put me in deep holes where I didn't know if I was going to come out of it. Uh, There were weeks there where it was... I just felt like I was always had that where I was thinking about it mm-hmm. and it would just kind of put me in this, I don't know, you know how when you're watching a movie and they do the mantra and it kind of, you know, jumps three or four hours into the, in the day, that's kind of how it felt for a couple of weeks there or whatever. And I think that's been good because it's been, it's allowed me to really understand what's important. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, this, you know, if I pull one thing out of this year, it's like, I know with better clarity what I feel is important to me, my wife, my daughter, my life, the people around me, and what I want. And 
I think I have better clarity on how to get that as well. That's sweet. That's a win. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, I think that's how we're gonna wrap our conversation. Yeah. Bye, everybody.